Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Star Wars 7x7, episode 2443. We've talked about the major mysteries surrounding Moff Gideon over the past few episodes. There are a few others that we haven't talked about, ones that may be just as important to the future of The Mandalorian, but have not necessarily been explored in great detail in the show. And we're going to touch on some of those here today. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, let's talk about some of these other mysteries surrounding Moff Gideon. First of all, let's talk about the command chain, right? Who is he working for if he's actually working for someone? Or is he the top dog in his chain? Well, there are a couple of characters that need to be discussed in this regard. One of them is the mysterious volunteer and who that may be. Uh, a couple of folks on the YouTube channel for Star Wars 7x7 had commented and suggested that perhaps Moff Gideon himself is the volunteer who is hoping to get Force powers. And certainly that makes some logical sense because he had possession of the Darksaber and why wouldn't he want to somehow develop Force powers if he could perhaps with the goal of being able to wield the Darksaber in a more competent manner, if you will. But it seems like the volunteer, to my thinking, is probably somebody else just because of the way Dr. Pershing spoke of the volunteer. And yes, you know, it could be the case that Moff Gideon just said, oh, there's a volunteer, Dr. Pershing, and didn't tell him, it's really me. But I have a feeling it's somebody else personally, though I do like that theory. But whoever this volunteer is doesn't necessarily seem like it's somebody who is ruling over Moff Gideon. And Moff Gideon doesn't exactly seem like the kind of person who has somebody <laughs> ruling over him. So the other name that's been suggested for quite a while actually online is Grand Admiral Thrawn. And I don't think that's right either because Thrawn's whole deal was to ally himself with the Empire, but really he's working with the Chiss Ascendancy with his people to determine whether the Empire would be good allies to face threats together with things going on in the Unknown Regions or not. And by this time, the Empire has been decimated. It's done and only these little remnants remain basically. So there's no reason for Thrawn to necessarily be allied with an Imperial remnant. It seems more likely that if he is able to find his way back home to the Chiss Ascendancy, that that's probably what he would do. Yes, of course, there's been a lot of time that's passed, maybe what, 10, 11 years in between seeing Thrawn and Star Wars Rebels and where we're at in the timeline right now. So certainly a lot could have happened since then, but it seems unlikely. And also when you consider the fact that the 
military has its own command structure and the Moff situation is more of a political structure. And so deciding that one is in charge of the other, yeah, yeah, it doesn't quite work that way. But I think comparatively speaking in the Empire, the military would be reporting to the Moffs. So really Thrawn would be reporting to Gideon if Thrawn even recognized Moff Gideon as any sort of legitimate authority source. And I can't imagine he would. Then of course, there's the question of how has he escaped New Republic justice for so long? And you know, obviously that <laughs> it's a question that we can't answer at this moment, but it does seem as though he is not the only one. For example, that facility on Morak, that's the facility that had the Rhydonium processing, that very volatile starship fuel mix. That was the episode, um, The Believer, chapter 15, which had Miggs Mayfield returning to help the Mandalorian and company find where Moff Gideon's light cruiser was hiding. That whole facility was being run by the Imperials without interference by New Republic forces, and we're still a few years after the fall of the Empire. So yeah, I guess it can be done. And another big mystery with him that's yet to be answered has to do with the Great Purge. That's the event that happened where the Empire decided that, well, if we can't hold Mandalore, then nobody can hold Mandalore. And so they had the Great Purge, which wiped out most of the Mandalorian population and made Mandalore as far as we know, almost uninhabitable. In fact, they refer to it as a cursed world in the Mandalorian, and or at least that's how I think Bo-Katan referred to it, right? So, you know, it's not even necessarily something that anybody wants to go back to, but when did it happen and what role did Moff Gideon play? We know that he was, according to Din Djarin, an Imperial Security Bureau officer at the time of the Great Purge that not only that, but that Din was actually aware of Moff Gideon at the time. And so right now we don't have a birth date for Din, but we know that he was young during the Clone Wars because of the flashbacks from season one. And so it's probably very likely that he was in his early 20s whenever this great purge happened. And it had to have happened sometime between uh, the years 2 BBY, two years before the Battle of Yavin, and 4 ABY. And the reason why that time range seems to make sense is because of the fact that the Empire took all of the Beskar and reforged it, recast it into ingots and stamped the Imperial logo on it. So we know from Star Wars Rebels that Mandalore was in better shape and pre-purge and that was 2BBY, and so the Empire having fallen, yes, completely done in 5ABY, right? Sure, but you can't imagine that the Mandalorians would have been, or that the Empire would have been casting uh, Imperial ingots of Beskar after the destruction of the second Death Star. I don't know, maybe that's possible, I guess, but it, it seems unlikely, and this great purge is not referred to as Operation Cinder anywhere, that of course being the operation that 
the Emperor executed posthumously to just randomly destroy a bunch of planets for no good reason other than to be an evil person. So that's another reason why it seems like it must have happened before the destruction of the second Death Star and the death of Emperor Palpatine. So somewhere in that six year period, two years before A New Hope and by the time of Return of the Jedi is probably when the Great Purge happened. And again, Din would have to have been probably in his early 20s when it happened. But what Moff Gideon did as part of the Great Purge and why he would be known to any Mandalorians, let alone Din Djarin, yeah, that's a big deal. That still hasn't been answered as of yet. And Carson Teva, who is the New Republic pilot that we see uh, most recently in The Siege, that's chapter 12 of The Mandalorian, and he is investigating the events that happened with the destruction of the Imperial facility and is talking to Cara Dune toward the end of the episode, and he tells her that he knows that something is going on in the vicinity, that something strange is happening, that they don't believe it in the core worlds, but that he is pretty sure of it. What that unnamed thing is, and you know, he doesn't necessarily have a name for it himself, but he senses that something larger is afoot in this area of the galaxy. And that would speak to the notion that Moff Gideon has some additional secrets and surprises up his sleeve beyond this research lab that got destroyed and beyond these dark troopers that there may be still more craziness and horror that he has yet to unleash on this part of the galaxy. And there's something very important about his background that may be the key to why he's been able to access some of these secret projects or why he has any part of them. And we haven't even discussed that yet, really, not with everything that we've covered so far. We are going to get to that. It's going to take a couple of days before we get there, but we will get there. And for now... That is where we're going to leave things with all of the mysteries surrounding Moff Gideon. The other thing we have to talk about really isn't a mystery. It's just more of a deep dive into his background and what that actually means. For now, though, that's going to do it for today's episode. And if you have thoughts about Moff Gideon and what he may be up to, whether he has a boss or somebody else that is reporting to him that's significant or whatever it is you want to talk about related to Moff Gideon, chime in at facebook.com slash sw7x7 or youtube.com slash sw7x7 or even at home base for the show at sw7x7.com. It just remains for me to say now, thank you so much for joining me for this episode, as always, and may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders, may the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.